You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. How do you adequately go about structuring different companies, different entities that work together, um, but still stay separated from a liability standpoint and keep those liabilities separate. So a lot of times we, we discuss how, or we discuss the reasons for setting up different business entities, right? So we talk about how if you have different functions, you separate those different functions because you want to separate the liabilities of those functions. So if um, there's a accident that occurs or if there's some sort of lawsuit or loss that occurs in entity one, um, you don't want the activities of entity two to be affected or to be implicated in that lawsuit because they are such different operations, different streams of revenue. So in thinking about properly structuring these companies in order to take advantage of that liability protection, there is something that people have to know, and that is that that liability separation is not automatic. So even if you set up LLC1 and LLC2 and LLC3, the having each of those entities not be able to be sued um, based on the actions of one entity is not automatic. So what are some of the things that you have to do to make sure that you're, that you're truly separating those out? Well, the first thing is you have to make sure that they're each set up and operating as if they are their own business. What do I mean by that? So registration, of course. Uh, bank accounts. So you need to make sure that each of these entities are operating through their individual bank accounts. Now, that's not to say that there cannot be intercompany loans that occur. So that is um, one one company making a loan to to another one of the affiliate companies. That can happen, but here's what can't happen. Let's say that rent for LLC one is due. You can't use a card that's attached to the uh, the bank account of LLC two and pay that rent. Um, let's say that th- that you're going to be short on payroll in LLC one. You can't take the funds of LLC two in order um, in order to make payroll without adequately documenting it. So you have to make sure that there's an there is a legitimate separation of the revenue the revenue streams that are coming in and how you're paying those um, how you're paying out expenses. So. Each of these entities needs to operate in its own lane and they need to continue to operate in their own lane so that there isn't so that someone cannot come back and state that essentially these are the same entities and use the um, the inflow and outflow of cash from the bank accounts as evidence of the owners um, treating the companies as if they are a sole source, as if they are one unified entity. The next thing that you need to do, you need to make sure that you are adequately documenting um, on the company side what that separation is. So what does that mean? That means that uh, if they are, if, if you're in a service business and you have multiple um, services that are going to be servicing the same company, then there should be an agreement between those two companies as to how that's going to work. Oftentimes that's going to look like um, maybe uh, a contractor relationship. So for instance, um, we have a law firm, we also have a consulting firm. So um, our law firm will hire the consulting firm as a contractor when working with uh, the clients that we have. If the clients that we have on the law firm side 
um, have any uh, any any services that they need from the consulting side and vice versa. So on the back end, there needs to be an agreement between the two companies to say, okay, well, this is how we're going to work together. You are going to uh, you're going to be a contractor of ours. We're going to be a contractor of yours. Uh, from time to time, we are going to. Uh, engage your services to uh, provide a, a particular task um, for a project that we're working on for a client that will be paid, will pay you at you. Uh, so LLC one will be paid, LLC uh, two will bill LLC one, and then LLC one will pay that invoice that is, that is derived from LLC two. So you have to be able to, to document all of that. So um, how the companies work together, that the flow of money is uh, based on an invoicing process and, um, and tasks that are actually being charged to the end client. That's on the company side. Now on the, on the uh, customer side, you have to make sure that you are being a hundred percent clear about who they are doing work with. So if you go to our website, jacksoncorporatelaw.com, we have a page where we talk about business consulting. At the bottom of the page, we talk about uh, um, how Jackson Beverly Coleman Consulting Company is not a, is not a, <clears throat> a business within the, the law firm. It is an affiliate of the law firm. It is separate and independent. And we expressly state that creating a relationship with JBC does not uh, create an attorney-client relationship with the law firm and, and establishing an attorney-client relationship with the law firm does not make you a client of JBC. Now, uh, we do that in that particular space, but then when we are contracting and uh, we have clients of, of the law firm that work with the consulting firm, we are very clear about who's going to be doing work for them. We're very clear about them entering into, uh, so if, if we're not subcontracting directly to the consulting firm, then the client is entering into a separate contract with the consulting firm to provide those services. So the, that documentation is very clear. Um, we are very, very transparent in how we are working so that the client can't then come back and say, well, I didn't know that these were two separate companies. I didn't know that um, that when I was doing business with the law firm, that uh, that the consulting firm was not underneath the law firm or, or um, within the law firm. So for those individuals out there who have separate business entities um, and you've you've created these or established these separate entities as a mechanism for uh, limiting the liabilities of the, in, uh, of the individual entities and limiting the ability for any one um, activity or any one LLC or one company to be affected by the activities of that other entity. Make sure that you are, uh, again, that you're, that you're operating from a cash flow standpoint in a way that separates all of the companies um, both inflow of cash, outflow of cash, make sure that you have your contracts internally set up um, and make sure that externally your your contracts with your clients are very transparent and you are very transparent in letting them know and understand who they are doing work with and um, and who that that contract is actually between because all of these will work to actually help you achieve the true goal of liability separ separation and liability minimization. Um, and without it, you will or might find yourself in a position to where when one of your companies is being sued, that client that you've been working with or vendor that you've been working with is attempting to pull in the other entities that you own based on you not having or establishing that clear separation between the entities. Once again, this has been Legally Binding brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. 
And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.